Hey guys, it's me, Andrew. So, season five, we made it, and uh, I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, I try to pledge that at least once or twice a month, I'm going to try to do an episode. It's just work and life has gotten really busy. Uh, I can at least do one. Maybe not a super long one like this one, but I can at least do one. Uh, but two would be pretty ideal. Um uh, and and sorry for the last episode. That's not an episode for anything. I just had to put it in season four. It's for a school project for a friend. So just you know, don't don't pay any attention to that one. Uh, but once it's gone, then you know it'll it'll be gone. Uh, I have Crohn's disease, so that's the reason why uh, we we did that podcast. So I deal with my my stomach issues as well. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Season five is here. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy the new intro, and just, yeah, please let me know if you have any questions, any concerns. I've gotten a lot of new updates and a lot of new reviews. Uh, I'm no, uh, I'm not always there, but just know that I like doing this a lot, and if I could make this into a career, I would, but, you know, I I have to pay for bills and, and all that good stuff, so. But don't let me bore you. Skip through this if you want. But enjoy season five of Creepy Pasta Mess. Welcome to season five of Creepy Pasta Mess. I am your host, Andrew. Please enjoy tonight's creepy reading. Let's begin. Goat Man, written by Saucy Pasta. I was 16 and had family down in Alabama. They're all farmers and own a huge amount of land in Huntsville. My uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting and camping. While I was down south, my cousin suggested that we go camping for a few days. We get to the camp and it's obvious something is weird. The air has a strange electric smell, like right before a storm, like ozone. We don't think much of it, and unpack and go down to a little creek to swim for a few hours. All of a sudden, some older white guy and a white teenager come out of the bushes. He has a shotgun in the crook of his arm and says hello. He asks what we're doing this far back in the woods. I tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us we need to be real careful out here, and stick together because there is a big animal in the woods. His son, who is about my age, asks if he can hang out with us. His dad says okay. We end up playing football and dicking around. There's me, the white kid, Tanner, five of my cousins and four of their friends. Five girls and six boys. We were all around 15 to 17 years old. We ended up just dicking the whole day through and going back to the camp and getting set up for the campfire, even though we had trailers and kitchens. Tanner said he wants to run home and ask his dad if he can come camping with us. His family's property sits up against my uncle's. My cousin, Rooster, says he's going to go with him since it's getting pretty dark. One of the girls says he's going to tag along. At this point, it's about 7, 
and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights and head off on the trail towards Tan's property. The rest of us just chill and make s'mores, drink, and hit on the girls. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's the smell of the ozone again. You could smell it over the smell of the fire we had going. It had a really nasty copper smell, like the smell you'd get after you had a nosebleed. It wasn't exactly like dried blood, but it was that strong, metallic, back-of-your-throat smell. We immediately think that it's some kind of electrical malfunction, or someone left a hot plate on or something. We search the trailers and nothing is on, but we can all smell it. All of a sudden, we hear people booking back down the trail. Rooster, Tan, and the girl all come running into the clearing of our breath. They don't even break stride. They all just run into the trailer next to where the fire is. We all nope and get the hell out of there and get into the trailers. They end up calming down for a bit, but even Rooster is crying his eyes out. Meanwhile, the fire is getting lower and lower. So my other cousins, they say screw it and go outside and start up the generator. Tanner says, hell no, and locks the front door. Ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too, and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy, and his pants are dirty. He goes on and tells us that we went up to his house, and his father said it was okay for him to go camping. He just needed to make sure that they were careful on their way back, and maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles, just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before, and then one of their pigs had turned up ripped in half and eaten. They assumed it was some big cat or coyote, even though they don't usually mess with live animals. We had gone upstairs and packed his stuff, and told his dad that they were okay without the rifle, because coyotes avoid people. So they started walking back towards where we were camping. Rooster finally stops crying and shaking. The girl had stopped too, but she was just staring out the window with a dumb look on her face. He says they had gotten halfway into the woods towards the camp when they started to hear the stuff from the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time, so they weren't sure what the hell that noise was. The girl said she heard something in the bushes right off the trail and then all beamed their flashlights over there. There was something standing back in the woods, in a little hollow. Rooster said they shouted at him and told him to stop scaring the crap out of them. He said that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them. So they keep walking, and they start to smell the nasty, coppery, ozone smell. And they say that the look off into the forest of the opposite side and it's a dude standing in the forest backwards. But this time, he's slightly closer to the path. So now they start power walking, and Tan keeps saying he should have taken that rifle. As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong, even inside the trailer. They say after they started walking faster, that a kind of low gibbering had started coming from both sides of the woods. They started booking it back to the trailer. The girl said she flashed her flashlight out into the woods to the side of the trail and had seen something jerking itself through the forest and the gibbering got louder and louder. When they could see the light from the campfire, something was coming out of the woods and about 40 yards behind them into the trail, 
So they just flat out ran as hard as they could to the trailer. So now we're out of the woods, and at this point we're assuming it's some rednecks, or some people just trying to mess with us. All of a sudden, my other cousin Junior starts going on about how he went to school with a Native American kid that he was telling him about Goatman or something. We promptly tell him to shut up, because that's the last thing we need is some spooky story at this point. But he keeps going on and on about some Goatman. And how we're in his woods, and blah, blah, blah. Now, at this time, I had never heard of a goat man or any of that. But a couple years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a menum for a roommate, and I ended up asking him about it. To sum it up, it's basically a man with the head of a goat. And he can shapeshift, and he gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to be some kind of Windigo, and it's bad mojo to even talk about it, and even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I didn't know this back when I was 16, so my cousin is going, the goat man is going to get in here and kill us all. The girls are all terrified, and my cousins and I are all trying to figure out if it's just some hillbillies, or if it's some animal. So all of a sudden, the smell just goes away. Like to this day, I haven't experienced anything like it. Usually smells fade away or become faint. But this was literally there one second and just gone the next. So after an hour making it around 9 or 10, we stopped freaking out enough to go back outside and stoke the fire again. We figured it was just some guys trying to mess with us so we don't go back home. We think that if we do, they'll just chase us through the woods or something. Nothing else weird happens that night, and we stay another night. For the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. As some people finish a spooky story, I don't remember what it was about. The smell comes back. And it's so strong this time that one of the girls literally start vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air is. And I say we should get inside. This isn't right. We should have just left. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin keeps going on about how it was the goat man. My cousin Rooster tries to shut him up. All the while I'm just feeling that something is wrong. And I can't figure out what the hell it is. We end up sitting here for a while and the smell is just as strong. We're terrified and all huddled up in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody because no one wants to go outside. It's on those four packs with brats in it. We have a total of three packs. I grill them up on the stove and give everyone a hot dog. I get mine. After a while, one of my cousin gets up and goes over to the stove to get another one. He starts grumbling about how I got two and everyone else got one. I look at him like he's stupid. I tell him that everyone only got one because there are only 12 brats. If he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been with Brewster and Tan just starts screaming, Oh Jesus, oh Lord. Get out. 
She's crying and shivering, and it dawns on my cousin who was standing up. He's asking her what's wrong. Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart sink. I run the hell out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door bangs against the side as everybody books it out of there. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the hell was wrong. I start counting us, and there's only 11 now. I'm not lying. My cousin verified. There had been 12 people in the trailer, being that everybody didn't really know each other very well. Nobody had really noticed the whole time that there was an extra person. Then I realized earlier that I had kind of noticed something was off. You know how you were just dicking around, having a good time? You don't really think about that. You don't always keep track of certain stuff, but now I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the trailer with us and that they had been there for at least a day eating with us. What makes it worse is that I couldn't figure out which one because I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the other person slash thing. The girl keeps praying to Jesus and we're all sitting outside. Eventually, we get big-ass sticks and go back inside the trailer, and there's nobody there. We count again, and there's 11 people. Everyone gets in the trailer, and we lock the door. We explain what the hell just happened, and the girl says that she realized it too. And when she was about to say something, the person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg hard and leaned over, and said something she couldn't understand. So we are pretty much scared, and we are just huddled together. I fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up, and half the people are asleep, and the other half are packing our stuff. We want to walk back home, but like four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. Some of the people think that we're just messing around and still want to stay in the trailers. I just want to get the hell out of the woods. The girl's name is Kira, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyways, I asked her if she was really thinking that there was something bad, and she says that she just wants to go home and doesn't want to stay out in the woods for another night. So we decide to split people up, and the four that want to go can go, and that I have to stay because I have the keys to the trailers. And since it's my uncle's, I have to lock it up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this seriously. And I definitely don't want to go out to the woods for another night. So I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people. Four guys and four girls. We need to get the hell out of Dodge. Tanner leaves with the other group to go get rifles. And he says he's going to be back. So there are just seven of us left at this point, and it's about 4 p.m. At around 5, he hasn't made it back yet, and we're getting extremely antsy. And the only reason I stopped begging them to get back was because he went to go get a gun. At about 5.30 or so, one of my cousins says that girl Kira is outside. We all look outside, and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, she was so scared. Why the hell would she come back? 
and I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind, the whole time, the coppery smell has been gone, but now I realize I can smell just a twing of it. I say this to the rest of them, and they all laugh at me and ask if I made this all up to scare them. I look at them like, I'm not messing around right now. I ask them, why the hell would I play like that? So one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She gets halfway to her and stops cold. Kira starts heaving. I don't know how the hell to describe it. Convulsing? Sort of like if someone had their back turned and was laughing without actually making any sounds. And it was the fact that I thought this made sense and made me realize that it was not a sound. It was the whole woods making this sound. It was dead silent. This was late September, so usually you could hear big geeses honking or some kind of bird or squirrels chattering. So I step out the door and tell her to come back into the trailer right now. She backs up a little bit towards the trailer and we lock the door and pull down all the shades except one. We put someone in a chair to keep an eye on her. She stands there for another 20 minutes or so. Then the guy turns to say that she's still there. Then there's a huge bang on the door. We all jump up and scramble around the living room of the trailer. The banging is super loud. So now my cousin is holding one of the girls and the other two are kind of giggling with nervous laughter. Me and the other two guys are freaking out. Then we hear Tan. He's screaming. Let me in the door! Let me in! Stop playing around! So we go over to the door and open it. And he stumbles in with a rifle. There's nobody else outside. Evidently, he had walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest. But he had seen a girl who said she wasn't Kira, still standing there. When he had gotten to the edge of the clearing, she had turned towards him with this slack jaw look and just stared him down, slowly tracking him as he walked around the outside of the clearing towards the camp. He said it wasn't until he almost was halfway to the trailer that he realized she was getting closer to him. She had started off by the fire, and without him even seeing her move, she had been turning an inch closer. He said he just ran the rest of the way to the trailer thinking it would open. When he got to the door and it was locked, he turned, and it was about half the distance to the door. He looks around the room and gets super pale. He pulls me to the side and whispers in my ear, You know there are only six of you in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops into your nuts. I had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. It was right with us. We looked out of the window and there is nobody out there. So we recount everyone. And then basically, I go over and ask everyone how many people were here earlier. Everyone says eight. I ask, how many are here now? Everyone counts and then realizes there are only seven people in the cabin. Tan had brought back a couple of boxes of ammo and his rifle. He told his dad there was some sort of animal out in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he said it was the goat man. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours 
and that in the morning we can all go back to his place, and his cousin will drive us home. Now I'm really terrified, but at least I feel a bit better knowing we can shoot whatever it is if it comes back. Then my cousin gets into a huge argument with one of the girls because she accuses us of trying to prank them. My cousin keeps telling her that I'm not the type of person. She asks how do we know the girl by the fire wasn't just Tanner in a wig, or if it really is the goat man. How do we know that this is the real Tanner, and that the goat man didn't just kill Tanner in the woods and take his gun? Tanner and I make it clear that we could be in serious danger, because at the very least someone has been sneaking themselves into our trailer without us knowing and mingling with us. Goat man or not, we weren't safe. One of the girls starts crying and saying she wants to leave right now. We're trying to tell her that there's no way because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. At this point, the sun is starting to go down and it's getting a little cloudy out. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while, but we can't really get any stations out here. Nothing decent, so we turn it off about the time Tan's cousin shows up. The sun is just barely over the horizon, and he has one of those heavy-duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer and he whispers to Tan, asking if he's sure that's his cousin, and he says yes. The guy looks behind him, all around the camp. Then he walks in and kind of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, Where's your other little buddy at? I figured she'd meet up at the trailer. Is she a little slow or something? He also asked what we've been cooking because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We all ask him what the hell he's talking about. He had come down the same trail as Tan had been using and said he came up on one of you guys' buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slack-jawed. He had asked her a bunch of questions but all she did was just look at him and then smiled. He said he kept walking but she couldn't seem to keep up with him and kept falling behind. He asked if she was hurt but she just stared at him. He kept walking and had turned around a bend in the trail, and when he turned back to check on to see if she was still there, the trail was empty. He assumed she took a shortcut back to the trailer. We tell him the whole story of what's been going on. He can't believe it. I expected him to say that we're full of it. I think he was 19 or so. He just listened and then sat down on the couch in the living room. He said when she kept lagging behind him, it kind of weirded him out. So he tried to slow down and keep her in front of him, but no matter how slow he walked, she always tagged behind. He also said he smelled this nasty smell that got stronger as he got closer to the camp. Eventually it got really strong and he heard her say something in a low, quiet voice. He turned back to ask her what she said, and she had caught up right on him. He went to reach out for her to grab her, but he said he must have misjudged her distance because she was off to the side where he put his hand. The whole time she was just staring right at him. At this point we know this is real, unless Tan is playing a joke, but you can tell he's just about pissing his pants. 
so we know he's not. They loaded up their rifles and we ate some more. We all sit around until about 11. To this day, whenever I think about this, I really pray to God that it was just some huge prank that my cousins played on me and never told me the truth. At around 11, the smell of copper turns into a really nasty blood smell, like cooking blood and singed hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get up and grab the rifles. There's like a half knocking, half clawing at the door. And then there's a voice, and it sounds like when you see those YouTube videos of cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk. It says in its halting, weirdly toned voice, It made my nuts creep up against my body. One of the girls started crying. It was so obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence. And that's something that I never realized until that moment. All people have a certain cadence when they talk. No matter what language. This didn't have it. YouTube those cats. That's what I heard. That's what it sounded like outside that door. Now I'm in full terror mode. We keep yelling outside. Who is it? Stop messing around. And it just keeps saying. For almost 15 minutes. Then the smell goes away for a while. And for the next hour or so we can hear someone creeping around in the woods. Every couple minutes, it comes back to the door and says something. Finally, the smell totally fades away when it's around 2 in the morning. Reese says, screw this, and opens the door and walks outside with his rifle. He fires a shot into the air and says something like, In the name of Jesus Christ, go away. He fires two more shots, and then from the woods near the river across the trailer, it sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming, and it sounds almost like a woman and a cat and a bag screaming together. Like I've never seriously heard any of this stuff, and you can hear the brush over that way start to shake. Reese fires over into the tree line, and then starts backing into the trailer. We lock the door and can hear the thing keep screaming from the outside. Reese says something had come out of the bushes, really low to the ground crawling towards the trailer, and he shot at it. That's pretty much how the rest of the night went. It was screaming for the next two hours, and we could hear the thing moving out into the tree line. It never came back to the trailer until everyone had fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle and nobody else heard or saw this. He told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he had been nodding off after the screaming had stopped. He was almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He just assumed it was one of us and he nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong, and while pretending to sleep, he counted us. 
There were nine people in the trailer. He didn't want to try and shoot the thing in the cabin and have it kill us all then and there, or have Reese wake up and start shooting everything in sight. So he just stayed awake all night pretending to sleep. He said sometimes it would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing or heave like it was laughing. Then it would just lay back down. So this story closes pretty weak, because from my perspective, nothing else happened. We woke up, and I noticed Tan was a little jittery, and was avoiding looking at all of us. But we ate some breakfast, packed up, and started walking out of his house. He stayed last in the cabin, and he said he'd lock up and bring me my uncle's keys. He said to just start walking, and he'd catch up. We got a little bit up the path and then he came running up and we just jogged back to his house and his cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom. When Tan had gone back to lock up, he said that we had been too stupid to lock the window and it didn't have a screen on it. The window was messing up when we went there. I'm guessing it had been doing that all along. It waited for us to fall asleep or slip up and then get in among us. Tan told me it walked with us all the way back to his house. Then it lagged to the back of the group, looked him dead in the eyes, and walked back into the woods. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen to. If you haven't done so yet, please do a review. It helps me out. Everything that I use is in the description below. Thank you again for listening to Creepypasta Myths. I'll see you guys next week with a brand new episode.